You are listening to the protagonist of the erotic. Produced by Extra Extra. Each episode is dedicated as an act of love to the libidinal ouvreur of a living person. Desired object or location that can be visited in the present day. We discover what it means to define and shape sensuality, framed within the dynamic context of modern urban life. Ustek finds deep listening is essential to unlocking the full potential of our carnal selves. After all, the ears are said to be among the most sensitive of the erogenous zones. Turning her high-tech prosthetic off, Fatosh's protagonist, our sensual narrator of this auditory realm, discovers she can hear hallucinations. Spectral, sonic apparitions emerging from the noiselessness. Immersed in silence, she contemplates neurology and physics. The fact that the universe, like sound waves, is composed entirely of vibrations. Electrified by this cosmic energy, we begin to sense each other differently, newly attentive to the liveliness of connective matter. Through our ears enter the multitude of sounds from all about us. these sounds, our existence would be much different. But what is involved in hearing? Waking up to a pause, a moment of calm, before the shower of sounds storm through my head. It's only a tiny button that turns on and off the world of hybrid impressions. One click, and here comes the birds whistling. The noise of car engines that reverberate at a distance. The rustle of the sheets and the binaural beats that precipitate otherworldly existences. 
I better get out of bed and claim the start of the day. I'm still very overwhelmed by the close affinity of last night's dreams to reality. The vibrant sense of experiences generated through a wild dance of my subconscious. These lucid dreams have taken a strong hold of me since this new gadget has been installed in my ears. I wonder if it's the clarity of sounds I hear or the minute sounds that I don't even register collecting. When the device was fitted to my body, I was told that the technology would adjust to the ergonomics of my hearing, tuning sound to my brain waves, and enhancing my experience of my auditory surroundings. The latest technology. Pwah. I ponder upon the plausibility of the cause of these sensuous plays of my subconscious. I feel after each night I'm washed ashore by the piercing sharpness of images and sounds that have immersed me into their reality. In dreams, life is not only happening to me, it is happening at me and through me. The viscerality of these lucid dreams informs the pace of my blood circulation, nailing me to bed with an overwhelming sensation of heaviness and leaving me hanging in awe. In reality, as in the awake hours of my porous existence, my perception is mapped and charted by this gadget. All my other senses function close to normal. The abnormality is caused by the crystals in my ear. As an outcome of this curious incident of a genetic code, I'm married to an amorphous form that has the shape of the negative space of my ear mold. A perfect match, they said when taking the fittings. The silicon base that contains digital signal processing chips and the battery that recharges itself through the amplification of wavelengths of sounds collated. Wow! A brand new technology that is set to collate and funnel, amplify and process sound. A body, adorned to function, assigned to serve and formed to complement. I, as in the subject of experience, is now defined through my committed togetherness, a consensual unity with this portal to unsensed realities. The human senses respond only to a very small band of the known spectrum of vibrations. We know through instruments of quite a vast spectrum, but we, as I say, with our senses, see only a little of it. If our senses were in some way altered, we would see a rather different looking world. We can do this, of course. We can put on special lenses to enable us to see heat. And then we see all the heat radiations coming out of people. And uh, we say, well, I never noticed that about you before. But so in the same way, you see, there are infinitely many possibilities of vibration and of 
organs sensitive to those vibrations so that there could be worlds within worlds within worlds, spaces within spaces, uh, just like the many, many wavelengths of radio and television going on forever and ever in all directions. The possibilities are infinite. In the past, I used to play a game. I would turn off the gadget unannounced. Then, the silence was only and truly mine. Later, the sounds didn't stop as sharply as they used to. Ghostly sounds started to appear. Reverberations. Resonance of sounds heard and collected in my database. A skinny undertone that kept its presence while I immersed into the depths of my thoughts. Who did I become when I stopped hearing? Who was I otherwise? The tuning fork can be activated by flicking it between your fingers or by tapping the tuning fork on the knee. It is important to explain the test clearly to the patient. Um, so you're going to hear a buzzing. I want you to tell me which position it is louder in. So position A. This tests air conduction. Or position B. Bone conduction is tested by placing the base of the tuning fork on any bony area surrounding the ear. Position A. When testing air conduction, the tines of the tuning fork should not be held parallel to the external auditory hiatus. So can you tell me whether you hear the sound loudest in your left ear, your right ear, or whether you can hear it in the middle? Place the base of the tuning fork in the midline. The middle. It didn't take long until I was found out. They, whomever it was at the time, would find out that I had turned off my teleportal. I would be forced to turn it on and patrolled to never, ever play around again. A cringe in my stomach that was the first experience of a gadget inserted into my ears. It was so loud, and the sounds were so omnipresent that I could not bear the vertigo it foiled. I wanted it out, out of me, and away from my sanity. Through time and pain, pleasure and dissatisfaction, multiple gadgets and scientific advancements later, I arrived at a complicated state of a compromise. I consented to hear the world as it is as it presented itself to me. I can project on the nature of hearing from multiple angles. My keen interest in hearing aids falls beyond cultivating an understanding of the science behind the sense of hearing. is only a word and we have to learn what the right way is to use that word. John Archibald Wheeler, who was a pioneer in quantum advancement of physics, 
also mostly well known as the father of the hydrogen bomb, insisted that the force of observation is what makes the universe complete. No elementary quantum phenomenon is a phenomenon until it has been brought to a close by an irreversible act of amplification, like the triggering of a Geiger counter, or the click of a photodetector, or the blackening of a grain of photographic emulsion. Reality is only possible when filled in with pockets of imagination. The interference of sounds, rippling out into the thin air, perhaps fluctuates the nature of their existence only when they are observed. Quantum physics builds itself on the foundation of particles in relation. Hearing is a complex constellation of sensory input that takes place in relation to our surroundings. Back in my bed, basking in the early morning sunshine, I can hear stirrings downstairs. I may be wanted at the breakfast table. Another ritual of co-opted exercise of functioning together. Perhaps I will take my collapsible conical ear trumpet along instead of this glitter-coated silicon blob. A fashion statement the former was at the turn of the 19th century. It was intended to collate and funnel sounds. Animal horn provided the early form to this new gadget. It would not only amplify the sounds one would like to hear, but all sounds that were present in the room, creating a rather dizzying headspace for the user. Sounds effervescent yet omnipresent quality informs its sensorial experience. Sounds exist like an electrical current. Like that of electricity, sounds can be depicted and claimed. If you charge an open field with electricity, for instance, you can light the whole field up by only inserting light bulbs. No cabling needed. That was what Nikola Tesla displayed back in the late 19th century. He was a scientist, the head of the curve, and his times. He said, practical transfer of energy without wires has an extraordinary importance for men. I wonder if he was ever interested in sound waves. He definitely was interested in the forces of the invisible domain, speculating that studying non-physical, non-visible phenomena would advance humankind beyond the study of the visible forces. His medium was electricity. My medium is my molded silicone gadget. My means are the fluctuating density of sensations in the sea of disembodied sounds where people and objects float onto its surface as punctuations. The force of cosmic energy hasn't yet fully informed the hearing aids, but electricity spelled out the major jump in scientific progress. Tesla wasn't directly involved. It was rather his rival, Thomas Edison, who introduced a carbon transmitter to telephone. These new in-between gadgets, which had the limited frequency and produced scratchy sounds, were only used for 19 years. 
The 20th century marked the start of commercially manufactured hearing aids. The journey starts with rather heavy, bulky, and conspicuous vacuum tubes, which controlled the flow of electricity better than carbon and amplified sounds by 70 decibels. However, like the first computers, these vacuum tubes were rather large, the size of a filing cabinet. Today's digital hearing aids, which were fine-tuned and customizable to individual specific requirements, provided different listening conditions while boasting compatibility. Currently, they include two or more microphones, digital audio converters, programmable digital signal processing for complex compression algorithms, advanced feedback suppression, a telecoil, and amplifiers. With the complications and advancements in technology, hearing aids were hidden in couches, clothes, and accessories in order to sustain the general consensus of the necessity of hiding one's disability. A special acoustic chair was designed with lion heads on the arms for the ailing king of Portugal in 1819. Imagine a king chained to his chair in order to claim power to his throne and hide his disability away from the public eye. Mankind has been resourceful at all times and needs have been met with multiple solutions. In the case of enhancements to one's sense of hearing, I could describe all sorts of fantastical and commonplace objects, such as hearing fans, speaking tubes, acoustic headbands, or release phones, and pine art horns, which are still in use today by midwives to listen to babies. It is at times hard to differentiate if the sounds I hear are from machines outside of me or my brain processing information. Once I took a retreat from my applicable prosthetics, I needed to. Perhaps it was a revolt against the condition that I'm under the possession of what this device brings me, the world of sounds and all that lies within. This monodependency is hurtful. It is passionate as I can't imagine a moment without it. Yet it is repulsive that I'm not whole in the world without the world going through me. Through my sonic, spectral encounters, I suspect the existence of otherworldly presences. It gives me an eerie sense of feeling unique, an uncanniness that is delicious. I grow a sense of others through the sounds. I become the medium with an inbuilt satellite for communication. Me and my inland wiring. At times it's like a code that I try to decipher. At times it's a song that I don't understand the lyrics. Did sirens call the sailors to their deadly islands with these beats? 
I feel attracted to come close. I feel scared to take another step towards it. This in-betweenness, this threshold, keeps my muscle tissue firm and alert. I feel vigilant. I feel attentive. I await appearances. I await in the heightened form of awareness. I hold my breath and sit still. Hallucinations relate to an inability to distinguish between conscious sensory experiences and memory-based sensory perceptions. Auditory hallucinations are false perceptions of sound. I wonder if true or false verifies the truth in the case of perceptions. Auditory hallucinations have been described as the experience of internal words or noises that have no real origin in the outside world and are perceived to be separate from the person's mental processes. They have veridical perceptual qualities in the sense that individuals are often convinced of the objective reality of the experience. They may be experienced as coming through the ears, in the mind, on the surface of the body, or anywhere in external space. The frequency can range from low to continuous all day long. The intensity of symptoms fluctuate. Loudness varies from whispers to shouts. Science suggests that the existence of auditory hallucinations demonstrates the fragility of the human psyche that our position as healthy individuals is tenuous and often beyond our control. They illustrate the power of sound to unsettle, to disturb and to inspire, even when it is manifested from deep within the mind. Several philosophers and state leaders are documented to have heard voices from Socrates to John of Arc. The commencement of religion through disembodied voices actioned social movements, which would be called as auditory hallucinations by a secular society. On a different tangent, Dr. Emine Celiker from University of Lincoln suggests assessment of selective perception for survival basing on her findings from observing bush crickets which have similar neural constellations for hearing akin to humans. She reports, By applying mathematical modeling of the ears of bush crickets combined with real-life experiments, we found that the ear canal filters out sound frequencies relevant to the species' survival. Selectively applying only frequencies that are behaviorally relevant for the animals, like their mating song or high-frequency calls of predatory bats. Crickets have their ears on their legs. I wonder how it would feel to have this gadget inserted on my legs. Would it change the way the sounds fill my head? Would I have similar disdain and seductive guilty pleasures? 
Would you like to come on a ride with me, dear listener? Can you stop for a moment? For exactly one minute and fifteen seconds, and take a hiatus from what you are doing. Can you now close your eyes and turn your attention inwards and to the sounds? Please close your eyes. Good. Good. Very good. Okay, I'm gonna be lowering the light now. We're gonna do the same test. We're gonna start looking straight forward. I'm gonna use a different light. It's a little bit brighter, okay? I would like you to focus on this lamp here and its purple lights. Okay, very good. Excellent. Great. The recording we just listened to was made using the ASMR technique. That stands for Autonomous Sensory Meridian Responses. It's a previously unstudied sensory phenomenon in which individuals experience a tingling, static-like sensation across the scalp, back of the neck, and at times further areas in response to specific triggering audio and visual stimuli. Did it get you? Personal attention. Crisp sounds and slow moments amplify your sensorial engagement and attunement with your body. Did your brain tingle, and did your shoulders relax a little? Sound waves are compression and rarefaction waves. They are specifically symmetric pulses of alternating compressed and expanded air molecules. Our ears interpret the alternating pulses as sounds. With the ASMR technique, sound gains a caressing quality. Reverberations from far and close, as if someone is talking from the other corner of the room at one instant, and is situated very close to your ear at another. With the adjoining of disembodied voices, the depth of experience falls onto itself. I first experienced this in the form of an artwork. The oscillation of sounds that indicated closure and distance was uncanny, to the uttermost meaning of the term. Uncanny, unheimlich in German, perhaps embodies the experience more accurately even through its pronunciation. The universe's vibrations, my sound therapist comments. We, human, are vibrations. There must be a reason, a sole reason, for us to be here, and to be part of an evolution that is ongoing. I pondered what this could be, the reason for consciousness. What does it mean that we humans can operate beyond the confinements of our limbic brain, that we can cognize our cognition, we can observe that we are thinking and observe things around us, we exist in relation to others. And those relations are defined through our sensory, intellectual, 
physical faculties of perception. Why is a question for philosophy? How is a question for me, and for this lifelong commitment to live with a gadget that complements me? I observe that I hear, therefore I am. Slight detournement from the Kantian words, cogito ergo sum. Thank you for joining Extra Extra on this listening experience. It's been a pleasure to have welcomed you on a journey through this episode of the protagonist of the erotic. Please visit us at extraextramagazine.com, where you can hear more about our auditory program and discover further editorial content. Exploring the intertwinement of sensuality and the city. <laughs>